Hello, bonjour, welcome to Stand Out From The Crowd, the podcast dedicated to helping leaders amplify their voice, impact and influence. Each week, I interview some of the brightest thought leaders and entrepreneurs of our time. We understand that being a leader has its own set of challenges. We want to be successful and impactful, fulfilled in our professional and personal life, and most importantly, stay authentic to who we are. As people, we have strengths, weaknesses, positive and bad experiences. Our stories, our different perspectives are what connect us as humans, and we talk all about it without filter. So join me and my guest on Stand Up From The Crowd podcast every Wednesday live on LinkedIn, or you can listen to the replay on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever you get your podcast. I can't wait to share these conversations with you. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, hello, bonjour, salam, alaikum, welcome for this new live episode of Stand Up From The Crowd. If you're new here, my name is Doreen and I'm your host for the next 30 minutes. So now let me ask you a question. Would you call yourself a people pleaser? Do you have some hard time saying no to others? You know, many individuals have been wasting time and talent filling the shoes of others. And I'm one of them. Let us know in the comment section. Let us know in the comment section. Are you one of them? And, and you know, like chasing your parents' dreams, chasing your community's dreams, chasing other people's dreams. But how about yours? You know, not setting boundaries limits your personal and professional growth. So... However, the ones, the ones who are intentional about leaning in to the person they were meant to be realize their true potential a lot quicker than others. And that's what we are all about here. We share our experience, no BS conversation. So you learn from our mistakes and you know, you can take the shortcuts or at least you avoid to waste time and energy doing things that are not serving you. So our standout guest today, Jamal Marshall, used to live to please others and rarely gave any resistance to the demands of those, those around him. But things changed. During our conversation, he's going to give the keys to get unstuck so you can see your worth and establish boundaries to unleash, you know, your full potential, to, to unleash your inner voice and finally become the person you were meant to be. So please, please help me welcome our standout guest, Jamal Marshall. Hello, Yo. hello, hello What's Jamal. Up, How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, today is a, a beautiful day. So let me ask you this. What are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for some sunlight. It's been raining a lot on the East Coast. Uh, and so we're at that time, we're getting ready to transition to fall. So I'm grateful for sunlight. And as you know, I love going in nature. I'm grateful for the ability to put one foot in front of another uh, and enjoy God's creation. So, yeah. The simple things that we oftentimes take for granted. Yep. So, Jamal, 
how to help people set boundaries. You know, tell us a little bit about your why, your story. Like what's the, the chapter of your life or maybe the different chapters of your life, you know, that help you uh, become the leader you are today and the coach that you are helping people set boundaries. So what's the why behind? What's your story? Got to be quick because I know we only got 30 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go in chunks, but like early childhood, um, I grew up in a house where I had one parent that was absolutely divine. Uh, and I had another one early before there were changes in his life who abused drugs and alcohol. So with my dad, life was very unpredictable. Um, and as a male, you want to connect with another man. You want to connect with the older man. You want to learn from them. You want to ask questions. And there was usually always resistance and rejection for like no apparent reason. So where I found that to be unpredictable, I would tighten up the way that I sounded, the way I looked everything about me just to avoid being rejected because I didn't know what to expect. Mm. And that colored the way that I would go about life. I felt like every other dude except me had some type of X factor. Um, and I was very fearful. Uh, and so I found a way when I would get around people to let them set the temperature uh, and find a way like, okay, the very four walls that I live in, I'm experiencing rejection left and right unpredictably, but I'm not going to experience rejection outside of the home. Um, but when you live in that manner, you find you can get some highs from that because you find out what people want and you can meet that need, but you wear yourself out. And so I found myself because I was tired here. I was often tired. I was like, why am I always sleepy? Why am I always drowsy? It's because your mind is always going. You're always trying to find out what a hundred different people want. That's not even sustainable. Yeah. And I found that that made its way, you know, even into, into my career. You know, if I would if I was new on a job, I would take projects that maybe were not for myself or for another team just because I did not want to say no. So as a professional, it affected me. Yeah. And when I went into certain places, I, I lived in the Midwest for a, a, about eight years um, early on. I, I There was instances where I would rec recognize some cultural ignorance and some mic uh, microaggressions and um I didn't always call them out early on. <laughs> it didn't take long. Um, yeah. And so because I didn't want to upset anyone, I didn't want to kick up any dust and I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And so for me, I actually went through uh, seven months of some counseling on my own uh, to work through troubles I was having you know, with my dad and uh, a lot changed in his life in 2006. Like somebody who was my worst enemy for like 22 years of my life became my best friend. That's a whole nother story, a whole nother podcast wow. in my life. And that was a huge part of my own healing. But I still had a lot of bitterness. I was like, dude, like I'm 22 now. Like the formative years have passed and I'm already in this mindset. It's like, how do you break that? So I had to actually go and, and you know, a lot of times, you know, I, I like to say this, and this can sound a little crass, you know, because everybody's a coach now. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a COVID coach. <laughs> I did the investment. <laughs> I took seven months, actually, and then did an internship on top of that to invest in myself, invested mm -hmm. time <laughs> and money, and also went and got certified myself because I realized that the very thing that annoyed me the most was seeing people who always had to match someone else's tone just to try yeah. to fit in. And I tell my own clients, the very thing that annoys you is the problem that you were created to solve. You know, and so I realized like this is one of the problems that I was created to solve, you know, seeing people make their own quicksand to try to keep up with not even reality, but a perception of what they think people are thinking. 
It's very damning. The perception. Let's talk about the perception. And I feel, and that's a topic that I talk a lot uh, on, on, on my profile, especially from a woman's perspective, but it is true for everyone, whoever you identify yourself with. You know, there is deep inside the inner desire. I do believe like deep inside, we know who we were meant to be, but we are so used to be bombarded by you know, messages from the media, social media, the people, society, like, you know, that at some point we lose that, that connection with our inner self and we focus on the, on the perception that we believe, that we believe people should have of us based on external standards. And then at some point, we don't realize it, but I do believe that this is not sustainable because you will see, uh, so we call it midlife crisis. Uh, we call it, you, you give it the name that you want, but at some point yeah. we feel lost and we feel like what I have been doing all these years, like, like what is it that I want to do now? What I am here for? Like we have so lo lost this connection so much that at some point, like we face a wall and we don't know what to do about it. So what can you tell us about this perception that, you know, is ingrained in us actually based on what we believe, which can be completely, totally different of who, from who we were meant to be? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, you provide a really good example. I, I did want to say hi to some, I see my brothers, Robert and Marcello uh, and the guests. Hey brothers, how you doing? So um, let's let's say hi. Let's say hi before you answer to that question. We have Amal here in that place. Hello, Amal. Hello. Uh, Robert is here. Marcello is here. The the, the gang is here. The gang is here so let's go. <laughs> Jennifer is here as well. So thank you, everyone. And thank let you. us know. You know, let us know in the chat if you have experienced yourself being a people pleaser or maybe you have someone uh, in your family or close to you being a, be a people pleaser maybe you may have questions you know to help you out of this situation or to help a person out of this situation so now let's go back to the question yeah so going back to your question i mean if you think about it from a traumatic standpoint uh there you know and we're online when it comes to mental health, there's going to be so much stuff in cyberspace that people don't put out there. They shouldn't. You want to be discreet about what you're putting out there. But based on what you've been through, that's going to color the way that you see life. It's going to color the way you see people. It's going to color the way you approach scenarios. And so anyone that has a perception that they think someone is thinking something about them, they will do what they can to avoid any type of rejection. Mm -hmm. And the way that they avoid that is why I call it. I had a post probably six months ago. It's called, are you doing too much? They'll often go overboard in decisions. They often procrastinate horribly because they wait for every duck to be in a row um, before mm -hmm. they actually will move forward on anything. Uh, they're the type of person, uh, well, we call them extra, usually in this culture, um, is because they're looking and they're also waiting for affirmation before making a move. You know, the word fail, um, there's somebody who wrote a book called Falling Forward. Yeah. They can't stand the word failure because it's like that would mean that they, they associate failure with shame instead of an yeah. opportunity to learn, you know, and it's not like, what did I learn from my failure? But I must never fail. And in a sense, these people never end up making the decision to move forward, to step out because they don't want to fail. They've True. been told, or at least in their mind, they believe that failure means that I'm alone. Failure means I'm rejected. Failure means I'm not worthy. 
Yeah. And that's what we need to tackle. Like, okay, what's at the root of that trauma? You know, when you get to the root, the fruit will take care of itself. But it's actually doing the hard work to say this belief has a root somewhere. Is a reason why I think this way. It's a reason why I, I put it on myself to bring more to the table than is necessary. There's a reason why I wait to know everything before doing anything. That's mm-hmm. definitely not a sustainable way of living. So um, where you focus, where focus goes, energy flows. And if you're putting energy into that, you're going to find you're wasting a lot of energy and wasting a lot of time. Yeah, and that's not what we want. And actually, we have a comment here from Marcello who says, I have been a people pleaser. I'm here to serve. But actually, Marcello, and let me know what you think, Jamal. I think we are talking about two different things here. Serving people and being a servant leader is a thing. But being a people pleaser, it's something that is completely different because, correct me if I'm wrong, the way I understand it, Jamal, based on what you just shared with us, is as a people pleaser, you forget about yourself. You don't even know about yourself. You know, you you the focus here is to avoid so many things, to avoid failure, to avoid rejection, you know, to the point that we don't know what's like what what we need or what's from the inside. On the other side, being a servant leader and serving people, I do believe that in order to position yourself as a servant leader, you have to have a strong sense of who you are, what what are your values, and what is the impact that you want to make in order to be able to serve others. What do you think about it? Oh, you spoke like a pro. It's really not too much I, I can add to that. Um, one thing I will uh, point out and, and call out is that your motive is different. You know, um, the motive of a people pleaser, it is it, actually a very selfish other than a servant leader. A servant leader just wants to move everyone forward. The people pleaser is saying, don't reject me. And so that's what colors their decision making. That's what's at the base. You know, it's not about even I want to make sure we offer good service <laughs> is I want to make sure I'm seen in the best light possible. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, uh, Doreen, that's, that's an unreality. There's going to be things that we do wrong. There's going to be feedback that we get. You know, you, the people pleaser cannot stand any negative feedback. Oh, really? <laughs> they take that as I failed. I've, I've lost. I've not succeeded. It's like, no, this is an opportunity to learn. But if at the root of that, is a deep fear of rejection that's been ingrained in them since they were younger. That mindset needs to be tackled. The mind is the control tower to the body. And so why, so now we know why it is so hard for people, you know, to say no and, you know, to shift from being a people pleaser to, you know, being themselves. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about, you know, setting boundaries. And, you know, I feel like many terms lately, setting boundaries has been like trending. Uh, And I do believe it's easier said than done. So like, how do we, first of all, how do we identify the boundaries, healthy boundaries that we need to set to protect ourselves and then how do we communicate those boundaries with others? Yeah, that will depend on the person and that will depend on the situation, on the circumstance. There's not a one size fit all. So I do my best to answer that question in a general sense, but it's very much not generalized because each of us has a different path, has mm-hmm. a different situation, a different circumstance, different size family, different career. Um, but I would say for the average person, never neglect 
journaling. Journaling is powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell each of my clients, what you write down, you have to reckon with. And it's the same for me. Like when I write something now, when it comes out of here, then it's like, oh, the reality is right there on paper. And now I have to deal with it. And so look for the gaps. You know, it's like, when am I getting to bed? When am I able to wake up? Am I always the one sending outgoing phone calls, checking on people? You know, is that being reciprocated? When there is a phone call, is it more of a dialogue or a monologue? Am I the one doing all the listening? You know, if it's in a marriage situation, am I always the one who is left with the children? (laughs) You know, am I always the one who is uh, responsible for the family gathering? If it's on a job, you know, am I always the one who's coordinating the events who when every there's 16 people CC, but all the responsibilities left with me? Am I the one taking that? You know, if there's a situation where someone continues to show you who you, who they are and you're refusing to confront them, why am I refusing to confront these? And so it's just I'm trying to be general, but broad as possible because it, it's different from person to person. But when you sit down and write down and take an inventory of different situations in different places in your life, and also even with what we eat, <laughs> that's a whole nother live right there, and, and see an imbalance. That's where mm-hmm. you know, if we think about it from a housing standpoint, the best gardens are those that are walled off by a boundary line. I need to actually build up a wall here to keep some things out, you know. And from a community standpoint, you know, what types of people am I allowing in my life? You know, am I afraid to match the energy someone is giving me for fear that they will they'll go away from me? What is this feeding in me? You know, these are just questions that I I work with people to ask themselves, because a lot of times people don't realize our hunger is what drives us. You know, we have to ask ourselves if I'm staying in a situation that I know is not good for me, that is not suited for me. What is this feeding in me? What am Mm -hmm. I gaining from this? Yeah, I think to reach that level, it requires some self-awareness because, Mm -hmm. you know, you you need to be able to to know what you want, but what you don't want as well. You know, it is as much important. And um, let's look at a few comments here uh, from uh, Semilore. Thank you for joining us, Semilore, who says that idea of waiting to see everything before acting is my biggest problem. And how would you suggest uncovering those roots and moving forward slash changing that sustainability? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. And that's one of the chief thing I work on clients with. It's like, it's, it is so safe to want to know everything before doing anything. Um, especially those of us that are more thinkers and more planners, you know, that is the, the space that we live in. And obviously, you know, at some point in our lives, we stepped out <laughs> and we weren't rewarded for it. Mm. And mentally, we tell ourselves, the moment I step out not knowing everything, this, is, this risk is not going to be worth the reward. And actually, the biggest way to tackle that is to actually do that thing. The very thing you think you're most fearful of doing. Um, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> and that's, that's, I mean, if you think about when we were all little, let's say seven, six, five or whatever like that, and your parent was in the pool waiting and telling you to jump, they were going to catch you. But it's like, I don't know if I want to jump. And then when you finally jumped, you realize like it really wasn't that bad. The yeah. very thing that we think is so big and scary and when we finally do it, and we ask ourselves, why did it take me so long? Why did it take me years to finally stand up to that person? Why did it take me years to finally confront my parent or a loved one and tell them, like, listen, this is not a healthy situation? And realizing that that person, even in the back of their head, they may not have expressed it, but they wanted you to have that conversation with them. They were actually waiting for you 
So the biggest thing is to take the risk. Um, I love sports and I've been watching the U.S. Open. I found that those who actually win are those who take the hardest cut of the ball. Yeah. And you'll even hear the commentators say, like, when they miss like a forehand, OK, that's a good miss. But they went for it, though. It's like when you're playing to not lose, you don't step in. When you play to win, you step in and say, it's going to be risk. There's high risk, you know, and just going for it. But I would encourage, I think it's Similora. It's a beautiful name. Yes. Um, you know, and I, I don't know your situation personally because I haven't worked with you, but it's just start to start doing those things because that winning in that way actually begets more winning. But if you hedge your bets and stay back and never make the decision, whatever said situation is, you'll continue to play it safe. And then you look up with resentment. Yeah. It's gone by. And and so I've been there and I have a question for you because I've been there. Once you have identified your boundaries, and this is the second part of the of the previous question, you know, like that's one thing to know, okay, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. I'm clear about it. Fine, good job, right? But then there is still this fear, you know, to communicate those boundaries with others, like. What would they say? And I remember being scared and being so stressed out about, you know, telling, saying no to others, saying this is not what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And, you know, having this fear of being rejected again of, you know, because for me, back in time, being a people pleaser was about looking nice to others. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was from a perspective of, of rejection. I don't know because I have never done that work on myself. But what I know is that I just wanted to look nice, you know, to have this perception of being nice to everyone to my personal detriment. So how, how, and it took me years, like years and years <laughs> of wasted time and energy figuring out, figuring out how to speak up, how to voice my opinion, and how to feel comfortable saying no, saying no, this in, saying, listen, this is what I want, this is where my boundaries are, and not feeling bad about it. So, so what, what, what can we do to avoid that, that situation? What's the work? What's the inner work? What are the questions? And I know you will, you will probably say, hey, you got to do it. You got to start sharing your boundaries. Okay, but how do you overcome this fear, you know, of, you know, upsetting people because you are no longer the same person? And usually the kind of comments that you get is, oh, you have changed. Hmm. You were nicer before. Oh, I prefer I prefer you from before. Now you are so different. So how do you handle all of this? That's a great question. And hopefully I have a good answer. Uh, there is a lot of false guilt, you know, when you come into that self-awareness. Um, I'm looking in the comments and some questions that I, I do want to ask answer. Mm -hmm. um, but that false guilt can really eat you alive. And that's what can cause you to look back and go back into that shell of, you know what, I've established a boundary, I'm self-aware, but I'm afraid to lose this situationship, this relationship. And if it's, if you're getting that type of backlash and that resistance when you're actually coming into your own, we have to ask ourselves, is a relationship worth having? Are they your people? Mm. Are they your people? Mm. And it's like, uh, just like when someone says, I'm a big fan of such and such, and they make one gaffe, it's like, oh, I can't stand them. It's like, you were waiting. So whoever said person is, said family member, said friend, they're probably just waiting. 
You know, they are your people because you do life on their terms. Mm -hmm. And the moment you do life on the terms that you feel like this is what's comfortable, this is what works, this is what's sustainable for me. If you begin to see resistance, that reveals who they are. Um, I, I have a post, I think I have it on my profile. It's, it's actually one of the older posts too. One of the only older posts I leave up. It says, people have a pair of shoes so that they can walk. Let them walk. Again, ask yourself, what is this feeding in me to have this relationship intact? What, what drives me to continue to pursue this person or feel like I need them in my life? And I'm not talking about walking around being uh, un bitter and, and unforgiving. No, but tactfully actually honoring your space and drawing up a boundary line. Because when you establish boundaries, it's going to always be the greatest expose of who's really with you and who's not. Yep, that's that's very true. Oh, that's I, I like this punchline. That's very powerful and it is very true. And we have a question here. Um, can you provide a, a simple self-assessment prior to join uh, uh, on the call with you? Who? Yes, I can, Marcello. That's what you want. I'll provide it. Okay. I'll make that PDF available. Ooh. So if you are interested. If you are interested in uh, receiving that PDF, maybe once you create it, maybe you can share it either in the comment or for you watching the live or the replay, um, send a DM to Jamal so he can provide you further information, answer your questions and provide you the PDF and other tools that might be available to help you out before you start doing uh, the, 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 the inner work. We have a comment here from uh, Sri who says, set those set those boundaries it's hard at first but it gets easier over time yeah and it's like what she said if you think about what she said is it gets easier over time but look for resistance within yourself you know um sometimes i talk a little bit about narcissism but we all in different ways have a narcissist within <laughs> and there's that need to be needed and so when those relationships change and maybe certain people start pulling away or certain communities start pulling away, it'll normally be within us to want to go back because you found a place of comfort with that. You found some community there, even though you were always the one who was doing all the output, even though you were the one who was drained, um, it's the, the greatest temptation uh, will be to go back to the way of the normal way of living and to know that it actually wasn't normal. It was actually abnormal. Yeah. Um, and to allow the mind to get reset. Anytime someone's like changing their eating habits, it takes days, even weeks to reset the palate to say, you know what? I don't need a uh, cheesecake every night. <laughs> you know? uh -oh. I don't need a whole uh -oh. thing of Reese's every <laughs> night. It takes a while. So, yeah. So, and actually, Marcello is, is saying, hey, like, can you provide the link in the comment section? So you guys you you find a way <laughs> but now let me let me tell you let me ask you something we have talked about you know setting boundaries as individuals you know and and, and the process is more or less the, the the same i would say in the workplace now from a higher like standpoint when you are a leader being a thought leader being a servant leader and especially, you know, in the like the leadership crisis that we have been through for the past few years now, because it's been two, three years now, how leaders, because it's easy to criticize leaders and there is a lot of bad leaders, but there are also a lot of good leaders for whom 
you know, the current situation is not easy. So how a leaders or how an individual can set uh, stronger boundaries to become a better leader, to become a stronger leader? Great question. That's when it takes a very good happy medium of actually asking uh, your staff, your people, your crew, your tribe for feedback, and then saying, how do I acknowledge that feedback, but also still maintain who I'm becoming and the mission at hand? You're not going to be able to please everybody. You're going to get feedback from a lot of different people that want different things. You can't meet every need. And is the need, you know, are the things that are coming up, is it mission centric? You know, mm -hmm. and I think one thing about leaders, they get so much criticism because they have a mission in mind. And one reason why they always reinstate the mission is to get everyone on board with that. You know, and then when it comes to system and process, systems and processes, listen to your people. If they're telling you about gaps, you need to listen. If you're not hearing, your company is going to start failing. Your mission is going to fail. Your nonprofit, so on and so forth. You know, and also you cannot be everyone's friend. <laughs> There's a difference between being a leader and having a relationship as a friend, because that's also a way that I think leaders can wear themselves out, especially those who are empaths, is that they want to be everybody's friend. And you're not going to be able to be everybody's friends. They're going to be some people who are unhappy. Take even the negative feedback and see where can we make improvements, but also be aware enough about yourself. Are you trying to feed something in yourself by making everyone happy? Because that's when the mission will begin to fail. And so that takes hard work, too. And so, you know, the same way employees and, and people who are mid-level managers or at the lower level, they need you know, help and coaching leaders also need that coaching too. It's like, well, yeah. what, what is to be my headspace? What is to be my psychology in the midst of this? So that we lead well, we keep the ship afloat, but we also move forward. So um, we are uh, hitting the 30 minutes mark already. And yes, I think we, we could have talked about it like <laughs> at least for an extra half an hour. So for the people who may need uh, help, with uh, setting boundaries and who would like to know more about what you do and how you can support them, where can they find you and how can they contact you? Easiest way to contact me is on LinkedIn. Uh, and if you want to set up an appointment right at the top of my profile, it says make a discovery call. There's my calendar link. Or you can go to my website and listen and speak. But the easiest way is I'm most active on LinkedIn. So and everybody here logged in is on LinkedIn. I'm the only J-A-H-M-A-A-L Jamal on LinkedIn. There's other Jamals, but I'm the only one that spells it that way. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, feel free to send me a DM if you want to take it further and broach it further. Uh, make an appointment on the Calendly link and we can get into it. And, you know, maybe just keep in mind that no matter what you're going through, you don't have to... Uh, do it alone you don't have to uh, isolate yourself there are a lot of people um and this is really what i'm trying to you know uh, to do with this podcast one of the things i'm trying to achieve with this podcast is to make other people realize that it's not beautiful or, or all pink and beautiful for everybody because sometimes social media can you know confuse people like well like their life is so perfect and i'm like going through so so such and such but no, that's not true, right? So we are having those like no BAs, uh, transparent conversations here, sharing our own personal stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you know that, listen, none of us have it perfect and it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to feel like, 
you have missed the boat or it's okay to feel you could become a better version of yourself. All of these emotions and feelings are normal and they are okay. So you don't keep in mind that you don't have to go through everything by yourself. They are coaches. He's not a COVID coach. I like this expression though. <laughs> That's the first time I hear it, but actually I like it. I really like it. So, you know, there are people here out there who have made their mission to help you. Okay, so keep that in mind. Jamal, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your generosity and for sharing so much with us today. Thank you to those of you watching, interacting in the comment. I was reading all the conversations taking place and I love it. Um, you take care, you stay safe, and I will see you next week, Wednesday, for another live episode of Stand Out from the Crowd. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Grace and peace.